0: Welcome to No Page Unturned, the podcast where Christina, Steph, and myself, Josh, go in-depth discussing books, mainly focusing on those written by BIPOC and LGBTQ authors. You don't have to read along with us, but be warned, there will be spoilers ahead.
1: today we are talking about gear breakers and steph is going to tell us a little about the author before we get into what we're calling a palate cleanser but i don't know this is more intense than the book that we previously (laughs) read so we may need to change that name
0: these are booklings
1: yes booklings the baby books but even that sounds gentle and adorable. <laughs>
0: this book was not gentle and adorable. No, it was okay, not. Well, it was, no, there well, were it was some a adorable little adorable moments. There, there was, was, yes, yeah. yes.
2: So uh, the author of this book, her name is Zoe Hana Makuda. Uh, she makes me feel like I've done anything with my life because she is twenty. She wrote this book when she was nineteen. Uh, She's a Korean-American writer currently attending the University of Washington in Seattle, majoring in English with a creative reckoning focus and minoring in history of religion. She grew up in Boulder, Colorado, where she developed a deep love of Muay Thai kickboxing and nurtured a slow and steady infatuation for fictional worlds. She enjoys writing deteriorating worlds inhabited by characters with bad temper, skewed morals, and big hearts. Her YA WLW sci-fi debut, Gearbreakers, is upcoming from, what was it, Fuel and Friends? firewall and friends firewall and friends slash macmillan publishers june 29th that's in the past with an untitled sequel to follow next summer very exciting
1: it actually has a title now it's called god slayers
2: Ooh, that's dope that is not on her website <laughs> her website <laughs> well, honestly, it has not been
0: updated very frequently i think it only got a title maybe like a week or two ago
2: okay yeah So when she needs to unwind, Zoe sews runes onto the belt loops of her jeans and embroiders bite me on the back pockets. She hopes if she feeds the crows around her campus enough croutons, they'll begin to gift her quarters so she can say her laundry is bird funded. So she seems adorable.
1: She seems like she would be our friend.
2: Yes, absolutely. Or
1: that we would be her friends. I don't know if she would want to be our friends. She might be too cool for us. We'll put it, we'll put it a single directional arrow and she can follow up if necessary. Yes.
2: Yes, so, uh, pretty impressive to have your first book out at the age of twenty. Extremely. I know for me, like I I liked this book. It didn't blow me away in every way, but like I'm really excited to see what she continues to write because I think this is a really solid first book.
1: Yeah, I'll agree with that. I think you know, a lot of books try to access that teenage mindset. Uh, and you know some of the books written by adults can't do it this mm. this was not written by an adult this mm-hmm. was written by a 20 year old and so she is not trying to be anything other than who she is and i admire that i mm-hmm. like it and it, obviously the tone is authentic because she's 20
0: also yeah. this book came out in june it was licensed for uh movies or television series based on what they're going to do with it in september of 2019 that's wow. how impressed so, they are with this book.
2: A year and a half before it was out.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, they yeah. might have been delayed during the pandemic, so it might have yeah. been mm. closer to release when this right. news broke. But, uh, I mean, they must have been... If, they already, if it, From this article, it seems like they were already bidding on it. Usually, nice. if there's a bidding war for a book. And also, it reads like it would be a cool movie.
2: Oh yeah, it, it's like it's an anime. It really it's is. It's an anime. Yeah, it, it is 100%. an anime. Like it, I could also see this being like a Netflix you know, kind of like, you know, um Shadow and Bone, uh f- what's the fairy show? <laughs> like that that vibe of show, I think it would also be good for that.
0: I also think it would be cool if it was uh animated like the the same style as like the Castlevania series on Netflix. Yeah, that would look yeah. really cool. Yeah,
1: or like they already have Voltron. They mm-hmm. can, they can minimally branch out into other mecha shows. Uh, yeah. I don't, I think that probably animation is the best bet for, I mean, mm. I, an expert on this, <laughs> it just seems really expensive to build a lot of the prototypes yeah. like that they're talking about. Cause this is about, okay. So let's back up a little bit. This is about a world filled with giant mechas that are all in the service of this hideously oppressive empire, Think the Hunger Games. They exploit all the areas around them, and there are a select few who uh, get to benefit from all the resources. Um, and there's also a training facility that brings in the best of the best to become pilots for these mechas, and they're treated a little bit better, but they have to go stomp, literally, on the peasants. Yep.
2: So, and, and to do it, they have to undergo extensive body modification that turns off their ability to feel pain, Um, unless they're in the mech and then they can feel pain Uh, they get one of their eyes like permanently taken out and replaced with a bionic eye Uh, they're like it's it's like one of my favorite things about this book is like it's it's all it's very like body stuff and uh she does a great great job describing kind of the the body stuff and it makes it feel very like physical and visceral
1: yeah, there's definitely a cost associated with piloting a mecha. Mm-hmm. It's not just like, oh, "I'm the greatest pilot." Mm. It's like, "Hi. Suffer." And then <laughs> yeah. we'll see. So, there's def- there's a lot there's a lot of pathos in that. Um and but like in the same way that magic systems can't just be like, "Whatever you can imagine is true. Now you're a god-king," which again, previous book series. Um <laughs> is uh it it it, it has uh, checks and balances on the power system.
2: Yeah, so ultimately the, the general plot of this book is uh, this one girl, Sona she becomes a pilot but it turns out she hates Gadolia, the evil empire, and she wants to bring it down and then we have Eris, who is a gearbreaker, who are uh, people who basically run around uh, destroying mechs uh, what, what do they call the mechs again? Windups. Windups, thank you I was thinking
1: saboteurs but that's not yes. that's what the gearbreakers are
0: they also call them deities a lot but I think that's like more
1: yeah so that was one of the things that I wish had been expounded upon a lot more but that's also due to my background in religious <laughs> studies so that's a on me but be like there's a there's a strain in the book where like the like undereducated underfed like peasant class basically worships the mechs as gods um, and we didn't see a lot of that uh, everyone had an extreme contempt for it mm-hmm. but it is something that could have been interesting uh because most people don't associate deities with machines right mm-hmm. like you have but it, it would have been an interesting development right because like In East Asia, which is where some of the culture is coming from, you do have, like, carved representations of deities. And so how does that... I mean, like, in the West, too. But Mm -hmm. where is that coming from? Uh, Where is that going in terms of veneration? We can stop talking about this now. (laughs) I just think it's cool.
2: Yeah, Um, it was was referenced a lot, but we never got a deep understanding or view of it beyond, like, Sona talking about how, you know... she she became a god and she didn't like it. And...
1: Yeah, she doesn't see herself as a god. Yeah, and so we don't really get a sense of how this plays into the culture.
0: the pr- The primary antagonist of this book is not Godolia; they're the secondary antagonist. The primary antagonist of the book is uh, so enough, like her not being able to be accepted by the Gearbreakers, mm. like the like. You could even call Milo the primary antagonist
2: yeah he sucks.
0: The majority of the book like his main conflict is in uh Sona with the gearbreakers at like the beginning part with like victoria and and uh, the rest of the other uh pilots that Sona secretly has contempt for it's a very small portion of the mm-hmm. book, and then you know the ending also involves them a very tiny bit, but the majority of the book is like eris accepting sona and then eris's team accepting sona and then the rest of the gear breakers ex- excluding milo and the other people that agree with milo those are like the it's the primary conflict for most of the book like the the final like battle you could call it at the end it's a very small portion of the book
2: yeah 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 actually yeah yeah that's a really good point
0: that could be depending on your opinion it could be both positive and negative
2: i like i like the idea of a more person focused story for sure because you you have these interpersonal moments of you know relationships and drama so much drama um intercut you know with these huge epic fights like the fights are described really cool and well so i like the idea of swapping between like people's interpersonal relationships and these big set pieces it did make the middle of the book really sag though, I found like where you have Milo in particular is just like so anti-Sona and it just goes on and on and on. And it's like, dude, like we get it. It, it just, it's a little, it's a it's a little fillery, I guess, if we're going like by almost like an anime vibe, right? Like it's very fillery in the middle, I found.
1: It's just one of those animes where no one like has uh, sit down conversation with each other mm. it's it's an anime where everyone is yelling at the top of their lungs at all moments for any reason yeah,
0: well, yeah that's like it's at like all. the uh communicate like it's so you know when you're watching an anime and it's like if you guys all these problems would be solved if you just communicated and yeah. so often yeah especially it, this this book is very shonen anime like mm-hmm. in both positive and negative ways it's like if you just communicated these problems would be solved but also it's hard for me to put my like everything milo does is terrible but also i can't it's hard for me to put my mind into what uh these people think of pilots like
2: yeah it 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 made the character of milo kind of one-dimensional yeah yeah like his whole thing was like that uh no i love eris and i need to protect her from you and like that was kind of it yeah, a lot
1: of them were a little. I, w- I wouldn't say one-dimensional. I'd say kind of tropey because, like, yes. I can I can see them having their own lives. They don't they don't just exist as foils of each other, but they're just kind of like here's the like strong and silent man. Here's the the bickering couple. Here's mm-hmm. the you know. So again, like, it's it's an anime. <laughs> like,
2: yeah, I can yeah, absolutely.
1: And, and I can't really fault it for having, like, having teenagers be, being bad at communication, because God knows yeah, that was.
2: it's true. That's but the thing, at the same is, time, like, I have like, to remember, like, this is a, a teen book
0: for teens. Right.
1: Yeah. It's just that the pitch didn't change.
0: This book is not for us. Like, it wasn't written for yeah, yeah. us. I still And I'm going to have to disagree. The middle part is the part I liked the most, because... Really? Really? Be- okay. Mostly because of Eris and Sona's interaction. Because I feel so, like Sona... Yeah, that I
2: agree with. They, they were great. Yeah.
0: But, like, everything around them was just kind of dull. Sona explains it, it later on that she had to adapt this style of speech when to uh, not be, like, given away to Badlands. But in the beginning, when Sona is not with Eris, the way she talks is, like, very wordy and weird and it doesn't sound like a real person. To me, and then when she is with Eris, is when she finally starts talking like a real teenager. Mm. Like she's very—I don't know how to describe it. Like Edgar Allan Poe, almost like the way she speaks.
1: She's a bit formal. She's very stiff. She's mm. very like she doesn't talk about her emotions mm. so much as like just like her grand plans. <laughs>
0: Right, and then when she's with Eris, to me, is when she starts talking like a, like a normal teenager, and where she, like... Yeah. And also, I, I like the pain that she goes through about having to pilot again, because mm-hmm. she knows... it's not, And it's not because she's uh, afraid of, uh, like, dying or anything. It's because she, she likes the way she feels when she pilots. I like that.
1: Yeah, the, a lot of the psychological beats made a lot of sense. So, like, yeah. not trusting a pilot who just, like, shows up and says they're on your side makes sense. Having trepidation about piloting again makes sense. All of their responses are sane. There's, there's not, like, a bad beat, right? It's not mm-hmm. like a character is one way and then suddenly, for plot reasons, they have to, like, do a 180. It's just that everything happens at 11.
0: Right. And, yeah.
1: like... What I miss, like, what I miss about some of the other young adult tropes, is that, like, I don't know, like, take a John Green novel. Everyone has like this kind of dorky but ironic sense of cool remove, where they're <laughs> okay. like, the, "I'm like, I did something and it was so embarrassing, but it was kind of funny." And like, everything is dead serious all the time in these books. And like, okay, yeah. you're you're in a you're in a, a dystopia and you don't have any joy, but and like you're fighting but like all the cool like i'm such a cool guy i don't even clarify die yeah Um, stuff was like (laughs) okay but like sometimes teenagers don't understand the boundaries of their own bodies super well and they smack into each other and it's funny
2: yeah and i think that the rest of the Gearbreaker crew was kind of meant to be the comedic relief and it, it didn't land with me personally because god damn did these characters make me feel old because, like, I get it. Like, I get it when you're 19, you know, the idea of, like, a, an almost, like, feral gang of kids who get shit done. Like, it seems really cool and edgy. Yeah. And, like, it's very tropey found family. But, like, as a 31-year-old, I was just, like, reading some of these scenes sometimes where, like, you know, it's talking about how they're all running around the room screaming at each other, basically. And, like, it was just, like... Oh, just is exhausting. And it wasn't comedic relief. It was just like, oh, my God, can everybody just shut up, please? For a
1: second? Yeah. Just stop yelling. Yeah. I... I can't tell, also, as a 30-something-year-old, like, what... I think I would have liked the conceit a lot more as a teenager, but I think I also would have had trouble with the, with the lack of humor. Um, Everything is super intense, but the moments Mm -hmm. that I found most compelling, honestly, were very quiet. Like Mm -hmm. Eris and Sona telling each other things they hadn't told other people in, in like a single bed or like learning how to hold hands with someone. Like everything is like, yeah.
2: there's a bit where they're like, dancing together. Yeah. And I was like, just like, kiss! God damn it! It was great. Yeah, yeah like, the the, the this Arizona stuff is really good and the moments between them are really good. Yeah. Um, and maybe that just makes everything feel a little less, or a little more washed out or something, but um Yeah, you're right. Like some of the the things that stick out in my head, other than like some of the mech fights, are like the little moments.
0: It's the the enemies, the friends, to lovers trope. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, eat it up, yeah. yum yum yum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I didn't find the crew annoying, or I don't know how I, I don't know how I feel about the crew scenes. Like the negative that I took away from it is I have a really hard time picturing this world. Like there's mm-hmm. not a lot of description. Like, are they in a? It's like I can't picture the building or right. Like, I feel like the mechs are the best described. It's just it's just hard for me to picture the towns. There's there's trains. There's mechs. Even like when they go to the factory to get the wings. It like I feel like the the world needs to be uh fleshed out a little bit and like yeah the
2: the landscape is, like, never described for the most part. Like, I, in my head, everything just takes place on, like, a big open plain of grass. Because uh, apparently also this old fucking pickup truck of theirs has to be able to drive everywhere. <laughs> it's like, that might have been the most unrealistic part of this book, that this old-ass pickup truck of theirs is, like, four-by-fouring around half this, I don't know, country, continent, whatever it is.
0: And, like... They're in a building I've, like I imagine like almost like a like a tenant building in New York City when they talk about the the uh heiress's cruise building and the different rooms mm-hmm. that they live in, but then like parts of it are in a forest and I'm like I don't I can't the Badlands like I could picture uh Godolia a lot more. Like I imagine mm-hmm. a shiny, very shiny city. But uh, I feel like the Badlands where most of the book takes place, uh It's hard for me to, like, picture it.
2: Yeah, because, like, the idea of the world and the almost, like, non-physical aspects of the world building are really good. Like, I find it really interesting and I want to know more. I want to know more about, you know, these other kind of city, empire, states that are apparently out there somewhere. I want to know, like, is this meant to be our world? Because there's korean used and thing you know is that just meant to be like a reference to our world um a couple of people mention like the uh like two hills mm. and two and i think two heavens and like spirits and stuff like i want to know more about that um because yeah i think like the concept of this world is really strong and really interesting um but we don't get a huge amount of fleshing out of it
0: i should say on the macro scale the landscape when they're like When they're in a small room, like that scene where Eris, they first get back and Eris is taking a bath, and they're in that small bathroom, like every time, uh, or like Jenny's uh, place, her workshop, all of that Mm -hmm. is like described really well, Yeah, but I just can't like place those places in a building or a a area of a map Mm -hmm. or anything like that.
1: Yeah, it's a little unclear. I... I didn't really find that the biggest deal, just because, like, I find no description a lot easier to deal with than bad description. Okay. Um, So, unless you're really good at describing scenery, like, I don't Mm. really have the patience for land. In that, I have retained my teenage uh, (laughs) opinions. It's like, I don't care about the trees. Tell me about the swords. (laughs)
2: I mean fair right like if if she was going to be good at describing one thing in the book I think that she nailed it because she's great at describing the machines um you know the bodies she's uh like yeah like I said before like I love the description of the way sona relates to her body mm-hmm. after she's been modified and like it's very yeah like the the opening kind of couple paragraphs of this book are really strong like you know the idea that she she you know what is it i think the line is something along so like uh you know i wanted to scream the day i woke up and the heavens were bleeding like that's mm, yeah i love that and like there's a bit where she just pops out her robotic eye like oh do you want this pop (laughs) like i love that because it was gross as hell but like so uh I, I, yeah like you, you're yeah so like those bits are done really really well and I guess if I were to choose I would certainly want that to be done uh better because ultimately like a lot of this book is about Sona and her body. Right.
0: Also I noticed um the way the mechs battling or doing whatever it is they're doing the way it's described at the beginning when Sona is in the machine versus the way Eris and all the other gear breakers see them when they're looking up at them, she doesn't, Mm -hmm. they're not described the same way. Like, uh, like you, you can feel like the different points of view when, Mm -hmm. uh, when she's doing like, when, uh, Sona attacks, uh, Victoria in the, uh, in her, what is the, their suits called the Valkyrie versus (laughs) when, um, Sona helps uh Xander and Milo uh take out that one uh wind up that has the like machine gun the with all the guns. Mm-hmm. Like you can tell it's written a different way rather than just like a large like camera view of like the the two the mechs like going at it.
1: Mhm. Yeah, that's a good point. The so the chapters don't strictly alternate, but they swap pretty frequently between um Sona and Iris and it's always easy to tell like the perspective because of the way she writes like how people Mm. are relating to the mechs and how they're relating to each other like I never had any yeah difficulty determining which chapter I was in because the voices were very clear
2: that's true and that's that's really impressive for like a first-time author
1: yeah yeah for sure yeah
0: I wish Victoria had lived because I feel like she would have made a great antagonist
2: yeah it was like yeah i never really thought until you mentioned it like the villain of the book is not super defined because it seems like it's going to be the her like old her shitty commander or whatever before she becomes a pilot and then we never see him again and then it seems like it's going to be victoria Yeah, and and then it seems like it's going to be milo and it's kind of none of
0: those right and like, I,
1: I appreciate that they ran through the antagonist, though, because it's a little like, I was really not expecting there to be quite so much permadeath. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, she, she cuts some throats real early on. Oh and my that's god, like, yeah.
2: The she When she literally right. cuts uh, Rose's throat, that scene yeah. is horrifying because she's like, thinking to herself about how Rose can't feel that her like, the pain that her throat has been cut, and she's just like She's just saying, she's like, please die. Please die. Please die. Right. And and that was, like, the only one that was nice to her.
1: Or, like, Victoria, like, kissed her. Yeah,
0: she. that's why I, oh, yeah. that's why I find Victoria so interesting. Because, like, she, she finds out right before she dies that Sona is not with them. But mm-hmm. she's also, she was also really attracted to Sona. And she had mm-hmm. this front of, you know, not liking her. So if she had survived, I thought, ooh, that would have been some mm. good stuff.
2: Love triangle. Very,
0: very, also very anime-esque.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. she definitely did subvert a lot of early expectations in terms of like, you think she's going to get with the sweet girl? Mm. Or you think there might be a love triangle with the sweet girl and the tsundere girl? And it's neither. They're both nope. dead. They're both day. fucking
2: dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then there's also like the kind of... Uh, the guy, Val, uh, Valkyrie pilot, I forget yeah. his name, but mis- the golden boy, basically. Yeah. And, uh, and he ends up being nothing, you know? <laughs> he doesn't really affect the plot. Doesn't
0: he, uh, isn't he the one that asked about Rose at the end when Sona gets maybe. recaptured?
2: I think so. Is I also, so yeah, nice I read this book, like, two months ago, so I don't see, but yeah, maybe this, um... What do you okay, how do you guys feel about the um process that they're telling Sona they're going to do to her at the end, the corruption? Corruption. Yeah, what do you guys think about that? Because it's mentioned so much, but it's not really described what it is. I
0: knew as soon as corruption was brought up from the very beginning that that was the ending. Like there's yeah. to me the whole time I was like Okay, I hate Milo, but his suspicions about Sona being tracked. I was like yeah, why isn't she being tracked? She's got all these parts. Mm. but it, it, and that's <laughs> They also... didn't geotag the pilots. Right.
2: Like, where's her Bluetooth, man? <laughs> yeah, they don't put a tile in her.
0: It's also one of the problems I have with the book is that the technology is very weirdly defined. So they have these giant wind-up machines, but they don't have ways to track the stuff that's inside Sona. It's like, mm. to me, the whole time I was reading the book, I was like, they're tracking Sona through the eye. That's gotta be, it's gotta be it.
2: That actually, yeah, I never even thought of that though. But yeah, it it does make, yeah, it does make sense. Like at the bare minimum, these people are a huge monetary investment. Why would you just let them wander away? I guess like, I guess you could say it's maybe like the hubris of Godolia, right? That they would never bring somebody that high unless they were convinced of their uh, loyalty. But that seems dumb.
1: But also, like, it's convenient to be able to track each other if you're in a pseudo-military mm. organization. Yeah. <laughs> like, why why can't you tell where your pilots are? Um,
0: yeah, and I also thought when they, the Archangel that they build, I thought as soon as that got turned on the first time, that was, they were going to find out, like, there's a helicopter and they, you know, take it down, but I thought as soon as the the archangel came up that would have been the end
1: yeah i think that like some trope inversion aside it was fairly clear where it was going and also um josh and i i know talked about this is just fairly clear that this was going to turn into a two-book duology because ya now has to every single book has to be 400 pages and part of a series um whereas (laughs) i think this this book really could have benefited from some editing like and this, this dates me, and I'm not trying to say that every book in YA needs to be short. There have mm. been some really great long ones. But, like, you know, one of the staples of my childhood, like, all of the um, Tamara Pierce stuff, those books are not over 200 pages by much. Are they really? They're really short. Wow. Some of the I don't, some of the I don't ones remember as them she, g- that way, yeah. Some, but they're so rich. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that, you know... Going back to Steph's point about like I wanted, I woke up and I wanted to scream because the heavens were bleeding. It's like, all right, your eyes red. You see <laughs> infrared. Like, I don't know. Like, it, I I understand like some of the 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 drama, but also like teenagers are are some of the most like unfazed, unfazable people ever. Too. It's like, oh, you kicked that guy. All right, well. I'm going to kick them it, too. it does
2: feel like the kind of book that should be narrated in, like, a Batman voice.
1: Yeah, a little bit.
2: It's, it's, it's yeah. It's, yeah. I, th- I like what you said. It, it really, everything is 11. <laughs> There's, other, it, other than maybe those couple, like, nice, quiet little scenes that we talked about. And those were some of the ones that stood out to us the most. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like the author in her newness might be compensating, like, being afraid that she can't hold attention with simplicity it has to be everyone's screaming and everyone's really mad and threats and cool guys and mechas. like no i don't need that that's mm-hmm. you know like two girls kiss
2: yeah i mean they should have kissed more <laughs> <laughs> i wanted yes. more kissing yeah me too
1: <laughs> yeah. considering that eris wakes up having had like having like with another person in her bed having been part of a sexual relationship for some time this was a remarkably chaste book
2: yeah right <laughs> this was extremely slow yeah. burn like and, and it did make it you know fairly well worth it when they did smooch but like yeah i could have done i could have done
0: with a little more you know uh
1: or just like some ass grabbing
0: also like it's funny if you read the uh acknowledgements at the end of the book she says that this book did not start out as a romance and that i feel like to me that was the best part
2: yeah yeah i think that that writing had the most subtlety and depth to it
1: Yeah. yeah yeah i agree
0: Talking about the ending, there is a like duality to the ending that makes me not like it. In that mm-hmm. part of me that is invested in the characters doesn't like it because one, I wanted more Sona and Eris, and because yeah. uh, pre- like just because I predicted that Sona would be corrupted at the end doesn't make it like predictable endings are not bad. Like so, mm-hmm. I feel like too many. And this goes for just beyond books. This goes for like TV shows, movies. That sometimes <laughs> Game of Thrones. Sometimes there's twists just for the sake of twists. Like there's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with a predictable ending because that means you've done all the right things. You want mm-hmm. like it doesn't have right. to be you set ending. it up. You didn't see coming.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Sometimes you're just delivering agree. what the reader's expectations are. But stone being corrupted and. Uh, based on the description of the next book, is that Eris is going to have to, like, try to get her back to the way she was. Win her
2: back with the power of love.
0: But that means, from Miles' perspective, he was right. Mm. That's what he's going to say in the next book. And that's me, the enjoyer of the story, being like, no, I don't want Milo to be right. I hate that guy. <laughs>
2: like, he's yeah. he's going to
0: be like, Eris, I told you that she could be trusted. I like, I can already picture what he's going to say when he finds out that Eris is captured and Sona is back with the Academy. He's like, I told you so. And then it's like, shut up, Milo. But <laughs> like um, the I you could have and to me, you could have ended this book with a um, like more conclusive ending, and still done the same thing in the beginning of the next book, like comparing it to the first Mistborn book. The first Mistborn book has a very conclusive ending, while also leaving it, uh, you know that it's open to more bad right. things happening. Like there, there's still conflict to be had. So right. I, it's
2: like when a when a TV show doesn't know if they're getting a second season. Yeah. yeah. And so they like, they wrap things up and they, they'll they leave a few loose things, but nothing that doesn't detract from the story.
0: But I don't know if that means the ending is bad or it's just that I'm so invested in Sona and Eris that I wish they had uh, been together at the end. Mm. I mean, technically they are together at the end because they're both yeah. captured, but I yeah. don't know. It's like, a, it's like, a, I don't know if it's me uh, criticizing the ending or just... Uh, wanting what I want <laughs> yeah.
2: I'm, I'm interested to see like how escape from Godolia to Electric Boogaloo goes because like it's it'll be different than you know their escape in this book but like how different is it gonna be because oh. they're probably gonna have to steal another wind up to get out See that, that's yeah. the other problem
0: I had with the ending the ending makes me think the second book is gonna be almost the same but different like it's the second book, to me, sounds like it'll be a remix of this book, where now it's uh, Sona not trusting Eris, and Eris being like, oh no, I have to get you back, but it's like, almost like the relatively same conflict.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think that probably will happen, and that is a place where I would like some innovation.
2: But yeah. Yeah, I, I
0: hope so. I guess...
1: The problem that I had with the ending was also that the big reveal wasn't that there was some chip in Sona, which would have made total sense. Hmm. It was that the the leader of the oh. rebellion. Yeah. Was, like the mentor character. The mentor was like, you know, basically like backroom compromising with Godolia to make it all work and like give the peasants hope, which first of yeah. all is a ludicrous strategy. Hmm. And second of all is like, Okay. So that, you know, one of the interesting things about The Hunger Games was that they're trying, they have teenagers trying to destroy, and Mistborn actually, destroy an oppressive society. But then you have to look at the fact that teenagers don't know how to put together a more reasonable society. (laughs) Right. And, like, I think The Hunger Games did a pretty good job of examining, like, what it means to be in the spotlight and how do you actually, like live in a perpetual warfare state or deal with your status. Um, or like, how do you institute a new government? It doesn't work very well. It's hard. But, you know, this is just like, oh, everyone's evil. So let's let's throw the entire government to Jenny, an insane person who likes to melt things. It's a great model. Who constantly
2: tell, says, you're not allowed to die without my permission.
1: That line was...
2: <laughs> One review I read of lot. the book said... I like this book, but if I have to hear you do not have my permission to die one more time, I'm going to throw it across the room.
1: Yeah, yeah. The thing about catchphrases is they have to be earned. Mm-hmm. And but they- all of this, it feels like this has been in the author's head for four or five years. Mm-hmm. And so she thinks it's super cool because she already worked through all this stuff, but right. her audience didn't
2: yeah yeah i'm interested to see what the second book looks like because like we've been, i feel like we've been being kind of critical but i did enjoy this book it was it was fun it was fun it'll be a dope anime probably one day um but like i'm interested to see if once we get the second book if when we're done it we we look at them and we're like okay these both could have have been edited down and made into one book
1: i think probably yes yeah
2: and like, are they are they the hobbiting this these books like because that's kind of the thing right now like take one book take one mid-sized book and break it up into two like media I don't know, yeah wait we'll sadded.
0: yeah I'm not sure what happens to Eris at the end does she escape because then the zenith is asking Sona uh where is the frostbringer
2: oh is she a vent somewhere. I can't remember. I think she's around. She got out of the
1: mech and then Mm -hmm. like that, that whole sequence also didn't make a ton of logical sense to me. I wonder if it couldn't have been, I mean, like this is, this is all very easy to say and it's a bit unfair of me to put this on the author, but it's like, wouldn't it have been better for them to just end the book when they were both trapped in the mech? They don't know Mm. how they're going to get out they're just in the city they destroyed and everyone around them for miles hates them like that would be a genuine cliffhanger mm-hmm. as opposed to like a contrived one where it's like now we're gonna corrupt your brain except there's someone you love Yeah, so it won't work
0: because the the second book uh, it's summary that they have says Eris has been held prisoner since the attack on the capital city okay. which okay, almost so she... killed her and she begins to wish it had when she discovers Sona the girl she loves, the girl she would tear down cities for, also survived only to be captured and corrupted by the Zenith. But then I'm looking down at the book, and the Zenith is asking, "Where is the Frostbringer?"
2: Okay, so they they find her in the interim, I guess. I guess. Yeah, I mean she she scuttled around events like Batman before, so maybe she's an event. It's it's possible that the book could open on Eris being captured too. Yeah. Which, you know, that's not a bad opening set piece.
0: Oh, like, yeah. No, it makes sense because Sona gets corrupted and then tells the Zenith where Eris is.
1: Oh, yeah. Maybe that too. Yeah. Yeah. And they've already done... So they... The book went really hard right away. So there's also... I think part of what we're struggling with in terms of appreciating it is that Not just the character interactions, but everything about the book went to Eleven. Like, Eris breaks down a mech, gets captured, and is tortured. Like, very terrifying, intense Mm -hmm. torture that she then has, like, very intense PTSD about. And, like, it's horrifying. And it's just not clear to me how much worse you can get from that <laughs> point. It's just like one person wakes up and she hates her life so much. She's going to tear Like she, she is okay with the idea of genocide. And the other person is like, Samesies, let's be in love now because I'm <laughs> like bleeding. And I just, yeah, there's, it's also going mean, to be interesting to see how the foundation of this romance hmm will function if they succeed because it's like it's like the Shakespeare thing you either end with a wedding or everybody dead but like if they end with a wedding what's the foundation of their relationship it's murder
2: I mean uh, foundation a relationship based on mutual hatred of something is extremely teen
1: it is that's
2: fair
0: I actually like the the Voxter reveal that he's involved
2: I remember that there was one or two sentences, I think earlier too, where I, I was like suspicious of him. So it wasn't totally out of left field, but it was also like, I think okay, that reveal I guess.
0: should have happened earlier. And we you given mm. more information about it, like it, it to me, it, like just my opinion, it doesn't have to make complete logical sense to be interesting, but mm-hmm. it's just such a throwaway line at the end that
2: yeah it got overshadowed by yeah. like, everything
0: else and maybe yeah totally. again second book might detail that more to me like we talked about the small moments like when like that are the best part of the book and it's like um when Sona and is confiding with Eris about uh how many people she's killed and Eris is like but it's not that that makes you like a bad person. It's what you do with that afterwards that'll make you a bad person or not. And, was, and you know, at the same time I'm reading this, I was also watching Naruto with the arc with Gara, And it's a very nice. similar thing of Gara was this monster that killed a lot of people. And then he changes. Spoilers for Naruto.
2: Yeah, sorry. So, in like, <laughs> early
0: Naruto. For, you know, <laughs> we're talking about 2004. For the,
2: the, the tuning exams. So. Um, oh, no. <laughs> yeah.
0: But, like, uh, I don't know. I This was a book, when I was in college, I had a very great uh, creative writing instructor that, you know, we would write, do our, she would give, like, a, you know, a prompt, then we would do our writing, and then in class we would read it, and then it would be, the first question is always, what works? Like, what are all the good parts mm. about this? And then the second question is, what doesn't work? And it was always framed in, like, it wasn't like, um, this is bad. It was, mm-hmm. this is what didn't work for me as a reader. And I feel like that's what we're doing we're in, in this yeah. discussion. We're not talking about, oh, this book is bad. Because I didn't think the no. book was bad. No, I was, it's fun. It's just fun. That I have... Some critic, like, you know, some negative yeah. criticism about it. Like, yeah. I would say I want more mech fights, like, between two mechs.
2: Yeah, I think that's why the the middle kind of sagged for me, is because, like, there's no mech fights. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> ostensibly a book about mech fights. It's also, like, a, it's. I like that there was a bounce. There's, like, also a lot of, uh, there's not a lot of mech on mech fights. Like, I would like more of that, please. Um, but it's, you know, cause you, you have the gear breakers running around, you know, Shadow of the Colossus singing yeah, the, um, yeah. the
0: mechs, which is fun too, but like, I want some mech on mech action. But like, my logical brain was like, why is you only thinking of building a mech to fight other mechs now? Like, why? <laughs> <laughs> like,
2: well, they, I guess cause they, they didn't have, didn't have a pilot before. A monopoly,
0: like, oh, we, we all hate mechs. You would never yeah. do this, and I was like, "That doesn't to me that the, if you have the make mechs to fight Max, like, oh, I don't want to become <laughs> what I hate." I'm like, "Well, what you're doing isn't completely working." I'm sorry.
2: Also, never un- explain, and and you don't need to, right? But like, so Jenny and Eris have these incredibly super powered gloves mm. that like spit ice and magma enough to melt or uh denature metal and they it's just those two. (laughs) It's just those two why not arm your whole gang of people with cool gloves, why not each have an ice glove and a fire glove? Is it because you want to hog the cool nicknames to yourselves? Yes.
0: They're teenagers, of course. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But also the gloves are cool.
2: Gloves are very cool. They're also they're a little OP because they never seem to run out of batteries, but whatever. Or whatever
1: the serum is that also can't hurt them. Yeah. That was the moment I was actually waiting for was like a big reveal that Eris and I will bet you $5 it shows up in the next (laughs) book. Um, that Eris, so the the serum in the gloves that destroys metal is also tagged to their DNA, so it can't hurt them specifically. It can mm-hmm. just hurt other humans. And I was waiting for the moment where Eris was like, I made it so I could shoot you and not hurt you because I trust you so much. I love you. Um, it's coming. Yeah. Actually, that. Um, which yeah. I, shouldn't, I shouldn't use that voice. I also enjoyed these. And also, these aren't for me. These are for... Yeah teenagers and people who have, like, I have also read so much YA that part of the predictability is just because I've yeah. been immersed in it for, like, ten fucking years.
2: Yeah, and it's it's also, like, for young, uh, like, queer women of color who basically never get to see themselves as protagonists right. in books. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. And I, I hope that this, like, kickstarts a whole bunch of young asian women or of color like into writing their own badass mech fight books because the world can always use more mech fight books
1: yes 100 percent agree
0: and also more uh women loving women books in general
2: yeah
1: i want i want all of those things and i think it'll be interesting to hold intention the fact that like I do want those things, but I also don't want to give a pass to things just because I want to see them. Right. It, it feels very much like the, the Happiest Season, um, like Double Bind. So like the Happiest Season was that movie, it's like a lesbian Christmas movie, finally, and like... Oh, You yeah. feel like you have to watch it and support it because you want more stuff like mm-hmm. it, but also... I don't agree with most of the character decisions or the narrative decisions. And also Aubrey Plaza was the hottest thing in that movie. So like, <laughs> you know, it, you don't want to give, there should be spaces. And I just like, if, whether or not this book succeeds or fails, and it, it's clear that it's succeeded. Like someone already yeah. bought the rights. Like yeah. it's a successful book and I'm very happy about that. Mm-hmm. But like any criticism of it or like adoration of it, should not say anything about like whether or not these things are valid because they're absolutely valid
0: and uh, i don't read a lot of ya and i've definitely read worse ya books than this it's not oh yeah Yeah. oh yeah Yeah. this is some are good ya
2: yeah. And like, especially again, like for a first novel, like I really hope she keeps writing because there are so many good little seeds in here right. where I'm like, yeah, in 10 years, you're going to be writing banger books. And like this again, like this one is still good. And if she only improves from here, then like awesome, because she's going to have a great career and I'll read all her books.
0: It also 100%. has the disadvantage of coming right after we read The Ruin of Kings. Uh yeah
1: yeah which, which is incredibly is accomplished. like yes.
0: uh even for fantasy uh exceptional
1: yes I think ultimately I can only review this as a as an analogy with another YA series Ooh. which is that I wasn't a super hit like the Grisha books the first trilogy were good they were fine I had criticisms of them I, I thought there was too much romance and here I think there's not enough but like her having the opportunity to branch out into a world that wasn't Tolkien esque, like that was genuinely set in, in in a Russian mythos, gave us the opportunity to get books that I liked a ton a lot later, which was like The Six of Crows. Um and those books show a definite progression. So like yeah, totally agree with Steph. This is this is a good first book.
2: Yeah, totally. Solid debut. What book is that?
1: Oh, the first Shadow and Bone books. Um, uh, first one, Shadow and Bone. It, it All of them got turned into the series on Netflix now. Um, no, did you the, mention Six really, of Crows? Oh, the Six of Crows is like the first time I saw like a heist, like a magical heist, especially in Ooh, YA. And I was like, oh my fine. God, it's Ocean's Eleven with magic. Everyone's hot.
0: <laughs> did you like Six of Crows?
1: I really liked it. Okay. Um, I
0: I did not. I okay. I, Ooh, that's fair. The, it's I, it's the,
1: very polarizing. It's one
0: of the few books that I quit like halfway through.
1: Oh. Wow. Wow. What didn't you like about it?
0: Briefly, so that... I don't want to comment because I don't remember.
1: <laughs> okay. okay. All right. That's fair. <laughs> I don't want to comment because a million teens will rip my body to shreds.
2: Turns out Josh hates magic in books. We never knew it until now.
0: <laughs> I th- I think it was. I think it was the way the characters talked. Maybe it's it might be one of those books that is worth revisiting. Because sometimes, you know, a book, because I, w- I read it when it like f- first came out, maybe a year after mm-hmm. it first came out, and I didn't like it because everybody was like raving about it. And now maybe that there's some distance and my taste has changed. I might like it.
1: You're also allowed to just not like things. It's true. Yeah. I tried for three months to like Addie LaRue, The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue, mm-hmm. and everyone else loves it. I just don't like it. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a book that was made to be the antithesis of everything I like. It's sit- set in cities that I hate. It's a romance based on a magical concept that scares the shit out of me, and it's supposed to be really cute, and I'm like, oh my that, god, this is my first Is that V.E. Schwab? Yeah. I just it is it, it is the worst possible book for me. I think I said that on my Geekly review. It's like this is a great book for anyone except this person who is reviewing <laughs> it, unfortunately. <laughs> it's really good. I just hate it so much and I'll never read this book.
2: So yeah. So final thoughts on gearbreakers. I like I like the idea of like summing it up to like what worked. Like what worked for you guys in this book. Yeah. Aris and Sona. Yeah, I like that too. Aris and Sona, yeah, yeah. say it. Aris and Sona. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, very descriptive writing in some areas, not necessarily all, but you know, I, I like her I like her kind of lurid visceral writing style no, for it's, certain things.
0: It's not only Aris and Sona their romance, but Aris and Sona individually and their pain yeah. is what worked for me.
1: Fucking mechs, man.
0: Mech fights. What a yeah.
1: what a profoundly underutilized <laughs> underappreciated thing that is so prevalent in anime mm. and and culturally it's actually like you say mech most people know what you're talking about at this yeah. point in the west like it's not a new thing but no one has been bold enough to just fucking go for it mm. and i give her 10 out of 10 props for that like Absolutely. Okay. mech book yeah with some dope romance like yep. whatever its flaws that is a great fucking idea, and I am here for it.
0: How do you picture the mechs in your in your mind like what do they look like to you
2: like Gundams yeah basically yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> why what do they look like to you
0: uh like Gundams, but like um I imagine their colors to be very um bland like you know a co- A lot of Gundams have, like, all these different... Mm -hmm. It's, like, usually a lot of white with blue and yellow and red. I picture these to be more, like, you know, definitely red glowing eyes to match Mm -hmm. the eyes that get put in their heads. And then sort of, like, a lot of uh, muted colors, like grays and shades of black and slate and stuff like that. Because, you know, that's the more... Like, very, like, if... The Star Wars Empire had mix,
2: Ooh, yeah,
1: yeah, and I oh, yeah, that was a mech. We didn't even talk about the super silent one that only comes out at night. Oh, yeah, it's like, that, like t- killed it's like,
2: Sona's whole village. That was yeah,
1: that was a kind of fucked up that I loved. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. was not over dramatized in the slightest. That was yeah, that is incredibly dark, yeah. And just like the depictions of the aftermath were terrifying. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah.
0: Oh yeah, yeah I, think, Sona's, I think
1: in my head they're pretty muted too.
0: Sona's mm-hmm. description of her survival of the... Yeah, it's art, brutal. It's it's awful. Like, I, you can yeah. really feel it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh,
2: and what didn't work about these books?
0: Um, how do you... De- Someone else go first, I'm still thinking. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, pacing, I think, for me. Like, really, really well developed in... Uh, characters and things in some areas and really, really underdeveloped in others. Um, for me, the middle kind of
0: sagged. I think it, the what didn't work for me was the more world-building aspects of it. Like, It's hard for me to picture the, the world. And also, I had a hard time at, for the majority of the novel until they go into more detail picturing how why Godolia is a bad empire mm-hmm. like to me it is just like not enough information but that might be chalk up to um just it being YA in general yeah and also the ending is didn't work for me because not because it was predictable but because it it's it was so like next season on gearbreakers <laughs> yeah <laughs>
2: It it makes the next book feel predictable.
1: It does. It yeah. really does. That's a really good way of putting it. I think for me, what didn't work, I could have taken all of it in stride if we'd had more emotional texture from everyone. Mm-hmm. Everything was at 11. I've said that four times now, but it's still true. I just... So when you read a Stephen King book, the reason that there's so much suspense is in part because everyone is dealing with it as best they can. And a lot of people aren't freaking out. And it's, this book is one long freak out. And it's not in a bad way. They're handling their shit, but everyone is yelling and screaming and Mm. running around and building things and setting things on fire. It's just like, a book made for arsonists, which is exciting. (laughs) (laughs) But also it kills the suspense factor, which I thought Mm. she's actually really good at it when she does it. The suspense of the terrifying silent mech, the suspense of whether or not they're going to kiss, like Mm. suspense can mean many things, but all of it got very flattened by that Mm. extremely high tone all the time.
0: You do not have my permission to go to 11.
1: (laughs) 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 How about we all hang out at
2: five for a while?
1: Just, just be it it's fine. Yeah, just and like, I think, I think some of that comes from the fact that it's by a very young person for a teenage audience, mm-hmm. and that's fine. But some of it also comes from I think inexperience, and you can get better at that. You yep. know, like that's fine. It's not a, it's not a condemnation. It's just a gentle criticism to be like, hey, I like you the way you are. Not everyone has to be yelling. Mm. Like, I like your writing. You're a good writer,
2: mm-hmm. just yeah, you like, know, I'm absolutely no, no going the to the be catchphrasing
1: each other in the face, yeah, yeah i'm I'm looking forward to seeing what else she does I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to her ideas because I think they're really cool
2: mm-hmm. um, yeah, she think. has only only up to go, I
0: think,
1: yeah
2: is,
0: is exciting,
1: yeah let let me suggest another question. What are we looking
2: forward to?
0: Ooh, Harris and Sona getting back together, yes, and I'm looking yeah.
2: forward to be proven wrong. And all okay, these all these yeah. things that we've now predicted for book two might not happen, and that would be fun.
0: I'm looking forward to uh, Sona overcoming her corruption, even though it's very mm. like predictable. Uh, um, the Zenith uh, dying, um, yeah. Milo having to eat his words,
2: yeah, um, more
0: <laughs> like smooching, more smooching. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely, the re- I'm looking forward to. There's definitely going to be, like, there's no way you do this and not write new mechs and how either, like, m- more scenes with mechs that we haven't seen or mechs that have not been built yet. Like, oh, look at these okay. new designs. This mech has, uh, uh, has Frostbringer powers now. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. One of the best things about Brandon Sanderson would really work in these books, which is like, he just takes every possible thing to its most extreme logical conclusion. It's like, your only power is making yourself heavy. How do we do that every way possible? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to, I think, more. I think, I think the books, despite some of the yelling, have a very keen psychological insight into what trauma does, where it puts you, how it makes you kind of suicidal in Eris's case, or how it makes you self-negligent, or how it... A lot of the ways that you stop working or you work incorrectly, and so I'm looking forward to seeing how she explores that. Because mm-hmm. I think she'd be good at it. Yeah. yeah. Cool.
2: Uh, what, what are we reading?
0: Uh, I am reading the pariah by anthony ryan uh it comes out it'll probably be out by the time this comes out but it comes out august 24th uh i got a advanced reader copy from orbit um it is a fantasy ass fantasy book like (laughs) uh, i have like i'm only on like the first chapter like i literally just started it and uh like you know, everybody has like fantasy ass fantasy names like the and sometimes and it's like uh sometimes I like that. Like the main character is named Alwyn Scribe. And I'm like that's nice. a that's a fantasy ass yeah. fantasy name. And I'm like Um I don't really know much about it except for the main character seems cool and like the, the way a fantasy ass fantasy character is cool. He's, you know, an outlaw that's good with swords and it seems like a lot of cool Things are going to happen and I'm excited to read it. It could, you know, by the time this comes out, I could have already read it and it had been bad, but uh, <laughs> I think, it, you know, it, I think I'll, just from the description seems like uh, I'm going to enjoy it.
1: I trust but, Anthony Ryan. He's pretty solid. Fingers crossed.
0: Also, it's like not it's not connected to his uh, his previous more famous series that For those that don't know, Anthony Ryan also wrote Bloodsong, which, like, is one of my favorite books, like, favorite fantasy books ever. And the sequels to that book are, I wouldn't say they're bad, but they're severely disappointing. Like, you could read Bloodsong, the first book, and just read that. It's like, it's almost like Dune. Like, I know people have different... Opinions about the sequels of Dune, but you could read the first Dune book and not read the others. The sequel to bl- sequel to Blood Songs, in my opinion, are it's not that they're bad. It just it goes in a direction that is very unsatisfying. But the first book, Blood Song, is like one of my favorite fantasy books ever. So since this is completely separate from that, I'm hoping for good things. Thanks. Christina, what are you reading?
1: Um, so right now I am just starting The Death of Jane Lawrence, which is also an arc, so hopefully it'll be out by the time this comes out, or hopefully this will be out by the time the book is published. Um, it's supposed to be kind of gothic. I like it a lot so far, but I'm also only on page, like, 20, so it seems like the main character, um, has some social or neurological like incompatibilities with her time because she would set in like a Victorian era and she's like trying to manage as best she can when she knows she's very different from everyone around her. So I think that'll be a very cool addition because the Gothic, the Gothic can also involve a lot of 11 screaming, just yeah. so shrill fainting <laughs> all the time. But this, this uh, character seems like she's going to keep her cool pretty much no matter what. So Pretty chill with blood so far. So that's okay. that's a good start.
2: <laughs> what about you stuff? Uh so I I finished reading the Seven Visitations of Sidney Burgess, which was um an advanced reader copy that we got. It was awesome. Ooh. I loved it. It's creepy as hell. Um I know we've talked about the twisted ones before. I think if you liked the twisted ones, you would like the seven visitations of Sidney Burgess. It is super, oh, yeah. it's super right. creepy. It's um it goes in a direction I didn't expect, but in in a great way, in a super interesting way. And uh, the ending, like I was just like, "What is going to happen?" <laughs> um, so that was great. Um, and now I'm reading Blackwater Sister by Zencho, and oh, it's pretty interesting I love so Zen far. Cho. Really good. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's pretty good so far. I'm about a third of the way through that, and uh, mostly it really makes me want to go to Malaysia. But um, yeah, great book so far. So enjoying that as well.
1: Nice. Alright, Steph, where can people find you?
2: You can find me wherever the internet is sold, at Steph O. Kingston. Where are
1: you,
0: Josh? You can find me at 4 or 5 Wits on all social media, and you can read my reviews on Geeklyink.com. You
1: can also read my interviews at geeklyinc.com. You can find me on Twitter at oladdygirl.
2: Thank you for listening to No Page Unturned part of the Geekly Inc. podcast family. If you like the show, please show us some love with a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NoPagePodcast. The show is edited by me, Steph Kingston. Our amazing theme music is by Bad Sparrow, and you can check them out at Bad Sparrow Music. And our cover art is by Chango Chamango, who you can check out on Instagram and Twitter at Chango Chamango.